Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Tonight I want to share for a few minutes on being believers. Do you know in the early Christians, before a long time before they were called Christians, they were called believers. That was the name they were given. It was, it was Acts 10, which was maybe a 10 or 20 years. The Holy Spirit was put and the church started before they were called Christians. They were called people of the way and they were called believers. That's what they were called for a long time. And then they became known as Christians, which means ones who follow Jesus. But they were believers. And those who weren't following Jesus were called unbelievers or non-believers. And the term has sort of lost influence a lot over in, in our world today. But I started looking at the Bible and I think, wow, it's all through the Word. Let's have a look at Mark 16, verse 11, through to verse 20. This is out of the Passion Version. Excitedly, Mary told them, He's alive and I've seen him. But even after hearing this, they didn't believe her. After this, Jesus appeared to two of the disciples who were on their way to another village appearing in a form they did not recognize. They went back to Jerusalem to tell the rest of the disciples, but they didn't believe it was true. Then Jesus, he corrected them. One of the versions says he rebuked them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts. Well, I reckon when Jesus looked in the eye and says, you've got an unbelieving hard heart, I reckon they would have melted and thinking, what? Jesus, this is a big deal. You know, you've risen from the dead. It's not a common everyday occurrence. And they're trying to get their head around. So he, he corrected them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts because they did not believe those who saw him after the resurrection. They weren't even believing first-hand accounts from their friends, not, not people they didn't know. Verse 15, And he said to them, As you go out into, into the, all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. That includes us in Harvey Bay and believes the good news and is baptized will be saved and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. There it is again. Those who believe are going to see the miracle signs. And it goes on and says, they'll drive out demons in the power of my name. They'll speak in tongues. They'll be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. They will lay hands on the sick and heal them. After saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven and sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of God. And the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preach with miracle signs that accompanied them. Wow, wow. What's the key word in this whole passage? Believe. He challenged them because they didn't believe. And he said, these are things that are going to happen if you do believe. And it reminds me of the verses that Jesus, when he was preaching, said, all things are possible to him who believes. Not just that knows or is clever or seems powerful or the most charismatic person. These signs will follow those who believe. All things are possible if we believe in Jesus Christ and his truth. He challenged them to believe, to grow in their faith. What does the word believe mean? The dictionary says to have confidence in, to trust, or to rely through faith. To be persuaded of the truth of anything except principle or system. Now I want to challenge you tonight that what you believe will significantly affect what sort of life you live. If you believe that God doesn't really love you, 
then you're not going to come and, and be touched by his love. If you don't believe that he's alive today, then you're not going to pray to him and reach out to him. If you don't believe you're good enough and God will trust you with his power, well, guess what? You're not going to see much power flow through you. If you don't believe that God loves you enough to bring the right long-term spouse or partner into your world, well, you're probably going to struggle. If you don't believe that God's going to provide for your needs, you're going to have to try and do it yourself, and that's a hard road to live. You see, what we believe about ourselves what we believe about Jesus and what we believe about others and circumstance will greatly determine what sort of life we live. If you believe that what Jesus said, that the Son can set you free, then you're on a path of freedom. You can be free. If you believe that oh, you've done so much wrong that God could not ever really fully forgive you, then you're going to live with this burden of shame and guilt over your life. If you believe you're not good enough for God to heal you, well, then you're going to wrestle to receive healing. And so there's so many things, if you've been through rejection, think, well, I'm not good enough for anyone to love me anymore, you'll live, sadly, with walls around your heart and you'll settle for less in relationships. See, what you believe about yourself, about God, and about circumstances will determine how you live your life. It is so powerful, that's why Jesus spoke a lot about what you believe. What do you believe? It's not just, and believing is not just a head knowledge saying, well, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It's something that moves from here into here and now that changes the way you think and feel and live and act. So it's not just information, it's revelation. It's a truth that you live out of that sets you free. If you truly believe that the Holy Spirit has been given to us and lives inside of us, you know that He's your comforter and friend and you're never ever truly alone. Now if you know that, you're not going to battle with thinking God's abandoned you. If you're not sure about that and don't really believe it, you might feel great that God's with you when we're in church and the, the music's playing and, and everyone's singing and shouting and think, wow, this is awesome. But if you don't really believe that Jesus is with you every day and every moment of the day, by Wednesday when you're having a tough week, you're, you're crying out saying, God, where are you? You've left me. No, he hasn't. You've started to believe a lie that he's forgotten you or left you. And so what you believe is so powerful about how you live because perceptions can become reality. We live in a very sense information world and perceptions can become your reality or you can live out a truth. There's such a thing as facts, but I believe truth is greater than facts because truth, you can, you can have pain in your body and that's the fact, but the truth is God can heal you. That's a greater reality that comes over the facts. And so you can live by circumstances. You can live by, well, I've just got pain and I've got torment in my mind and you can live with the reality of that or you can say, my God is able to heal me and His grace is sufficient. So the greater truth overrides the facts. You can say, well, there's cancer in my body, but the greater truth is that God is the healer and he rose from the dead. So therefore, I don't have to live with that reality in my life only because God's greater. See, what you believe will determine of what level you live in your life. If you believe that God can flow through you and see some of your family get saved, guess what? They'll start to come one by one. But if you think, oh, they're too hard. If you believe they're too hard, then you give up praying and believing for them to come to Christ. It's so powerful what you believe inside. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified says, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. 
Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So faith is based on what we hope and believe. It's tied up. If you have a fear and a negative perspective on life, you're going to settle for way less than what God's planned for you. We really are. Because what is fear is robbing you from what God says about you. And we all battle fear in various ways. That's why there's 365 verses in the Bible that says, fear not. One for every day. For some of you, that's your task to find those 365 and get one for every day for your life. Because God knows we all battle fear every day. And the enemy's out to steal and rob and kill from our faith. And other people do a good job of it. And some of us don't need the devil or others. We do a really good job on ourselves. We talk ourselves out of so many things and we let fear and anxiety rob us from the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ. Oh God, you are so, so real. Let's have a look at uh, some of the truth about believing. Because what you believe about Jesus, yourself and others and situation will change the way you live. Number one, salvation comes by believing in Jesus. We know this, but look at this verse, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you believe, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus Lord, and believe in your heart, not in your head, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your, it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and saved. That's how you become a Christian. It's not about how many times you've been to church or not been to church. It's about what is inside of your spirit or heart. Now, we know that none of us can get there without the Holy Spirit's help. And that's why the power of prayer and love and kind deeds opens the door for people to believe there is a God who loves them. And then the truth can get into their heart and then they start to reach out. It says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So to become a Christian, it takes a belief, a change. Now, some of you a year or two ago had no concept that God loved you. But something shifted and now you can think, well, this is true. You believe and you know the reality that Jesus is Lord. It goes on in um, John 3, 15 to 18. I think Tim spoke on this last week about eternity. And how challenging is the whole reality of eternity? Tim preached a great message last Sunday night on heaven and hell and eternity. And then less than 24 hours later, Cammy, a beautiful lady in our church, 39-year-old that's had a lot of disabilities, she just had a heart attack and died instantly at the shopping centre on Monday at 10 or 10.30. Went straight to be with Jesus. And the family, the mum was here on Sunday night and was really comforted by that word that Tim had preached, that eternity, it's real. And we're all only one heartbeat away from eternity. And I think, wow, I want to live every day this life believing and knowing that all that Jesus says about me is true and believing that his word is true. So John 3.15 says that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. I've always said, when you get Jesus in the right place, everything else will eventually find its right place in your life and your world. He's the center of the wheel, the center of the spoke, the center of your world. So when you get Jesus in the right place, 
everything else will start to find its right place in your relationships, in your heart, your attitudes, everything in your life. doesn't mean it'll all be perfect, but it will find its place and you'll move forward with momentum and purpose in your life. John 1.12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So for salvation, it's about a believing. It's an accepting the truth and saying, I believe. And some will say, well, what's, what's a simple prayer of saying, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and open my heart to him? What's it going to do? Well, I always say, well, just try it and see what happens. And so many people are just amazed at the shift that happens in their thinking and mind. Some people, it's instantaneous. Some over the coming days and weeks, they think, wow, I just see life differently. I believe differently. I, I now have hope for my life. Why? Because Jesus is the source of all life. So believing. You don't have to twist someone's mind. You don't have to talk them into it because if you can talk them into it, someone else will talk them out of it. But when they open their heart to Jesus and start to believe, wow, this could be true, then he starts to change the heart and the Holy Spirit starts to shift everything in that person's world. That's the power of the gospel. Acts 16. Remember the story with Paul and Silas? They were preaching the gospel. Set uh, a young lady free from an evil spirit. For their good deeds, they got thrown in prison. And a jail in those days wasn't a good place to be. It was a dark, smelly, rat-infested, terrible place. And they were in the inner prison with chains and locks on their hands. And they said, well, we could get upset. Silas said, Paul, I signed up for this mission trip, but you didn't tell me about this. I didn't read this in the fine print. He could have got upset. They could have been a big fight there and arguing. They said, well, we're stuck here. We were just serving Jesus. Let's start to praise him anyway. So that's what they did. And then God sent an earthquake. And one uh, black African-American preacher says, well, they just started singing and God couldn't resist. He just started tapping his foot and that's what happened with the earthquake. <laughs> he just got the bass going and kaboom. <laughs> Doors are blowing open. <laughs> Chains fell off. Everyone's free. The amazing thing, when you start to live for God and praise God, everyone around you gets affected and gets free, not just you. God could have just set, set them free, but the whole jail is, the doors are open, the chains all fall off. The jailer, he's really nervous now because he knows if he loses any prisoners, then his life is taken because he's lost a prisoner. And so he's about to kill himself because he thought, well, the doors are all open, They'll all, the prisoner will just run. Paul yells out, don't take your own life, we're still all here. Now, how did he know that? I reckon they were just so overwhelmed. They knew God was in the place. They knew this earthquake was from God. All the chains fell. They knew this was a miracle. So these guys are just, they're all stunned. And so this is what happens in verse 29. Then the jailer called for torches and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he'd brought them out of the inner prison, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wow, 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 wow. They were preaching the gospel through their prayers and their songs. They've been preaching down the street. That's why they're in jail. Then it goes on and says, And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior and entrust yourself to Him, and you will be saved, you and your household, if they also believe. Wow. They didn't go through a, a 35 points on how to get saved. 
They just said, believe in Jesus, hope in your heart to him, and you will be saved. Wow, that is so, so powerful. So salvation comes from believing. Secondly, a lot of us struggle to believe at times. When the pressure's on and when things get overwhelming, we, we vacillate between doubt and belief and uncertainty, and we struggle with situation, pain, circumstances, and we, we know what God's Word says, but we struggle to truly keep believing. Mark 9, 23, I love this. The, the father has the son who's been throwing himself on the ground. He's overcome by evil spirits and tormented. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I love that verse in the Bible. Thank you for putting that in the Bible. I believe. I know you can do it, Jesus, but boy, I'm struggling because here's my boy tormented. He's 12 years old and he, he throws himself into the fire and he gets tormented and the devil's trying to destroy his life. I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. In other words, he was one minute believing Jesus could do it, next minute looking at the circumstances and saying, God, I want to believe. And we're like that often when we have overwhelming situations. I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus prefers a prayer like that than you giving a false declaration, I believe, but your life's telling everyone that you're not really believing. You're better off being honest and saying, Jesus, I, I know I can believe you for this and this, but I'm really struggling in these areas of my life. Don't put on a false pretense when it's clear your life isn't measuring up to what you're saying and believing. Saying, God, I believe, help my unbelief, help me to grow in my faith. Lord, help me to understand what it means to truly keep believing for total breakthrough in my life. John 20, 24 is the well-known passage about Tom Thomas. They call him Doubting Thomas. It's the only time he's ever recorded that he doubted, and yet that's all we remember him is Doubting Thomas. The poor guy, one mistake, and he's labeled for life. <laughs> it's the only time in the Bible... <laughs> He's recorded as doubting, and that's all we remember him about. But I've said before, after he did believe, he went over to travel to India, and millions of people today are Christians because Thomas went. He probably won more people to Jesus over the generations than any of the other disciples. So it's okay to doubt as long as you don't stay there. And it says there in verse John 20, 24, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. This is the first time he showed himself. So the other disciples said to him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, that's where the spear went, I will not believe. Wow, that's a pretty full-on statement. He just wanted to really, really know. He wanted to see. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They're freaking out again, you know. Jesus just doesn't work, use doors anymore. He just walks straight through the walls. He's got his resurrected body. He's not now limited by this physical world. That's what we'll be like when we have a resurrected body in heaven. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. There's no record that he's had a conversation with Thomas from the previous week when Thomas wasn't there. But the Spirit of God knows exactly what's going on in your heart and mind. He knows your faith and belief and he knows your struggles and doubts and wrestling. But he still loves us. He didn't push Thomas aside. He said, Thomas, 
you're out of here, mate. You're a doubter. I'll have, I'll have dinner with the other guys that believe in me. No, he welcomed him in. I love that. He, he will draw you in, not push you away. The devil will push you away. Self-righteous Christians will push you away and say you're not good enough, but Jesus will always invite you in closer, closer. And so that's what he said. Reach out your hand, put him aside. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Wow, wow. That's a beautiful passage. So whether you're called Thomas or not, or whether your name starts with T, or people have said, you're just always negative and you're a doubter and you, you just always look at the worst side of things. Whatever people say about you, Jesus knows what's inside your heart. And let's be believers, because that's what a Christian is, a believer, a believer. Let's not be unbelievers, non-believers, or doubters, because God's there to help us. Thirdly, the enemy will try and challenge or rob your beliefs. Remember the story of the parable of the sower, Jesus throwing out, and the disciples said, what's that story mean, Jesus? Because they knew there was deeper meaning than just feeding uh, birds, eating some of the seed, and some growing up. Jesus said in Luke 8, 12, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Wow, so the enemy tries to rob the truth and the seeds of faith that are sown into people who are not yet Christians. He tries to steal the word so they won't believe. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. So when we say someone has drifted away or pulled back or backslidden, what's happened is their level of belief has been undermined and now they're not trusting Jesus as much as they once were. So let's not be tough on them. Let's love them, pray for them, encourage them, tell them some stories, find ways to reach their heart so they'll start to believe and grow in their faith, not be pushed away. You know, it's so easy to say, just pray more and just, just memorize another five chapters of the Bible and you'll, your faith will grow. Hey, those things will produce faith, but we need to love people. Get beside them. Find out what tricks the enemy has done to try and steal their faith. What maybe other people who are non-believers yet, just like some of us were, and we didn't believe in God, so we probably caused some people to stop praying or not go to church because we just didn't know how real it was. So there's other people still doing that to us and we need to get beside and encourage and love them and pray for them and say hey come on let's discover how awesome Jesus is let's discover how the freedom of truth can come and let's believe again and sometimes you say you mightn't be believing but I'm going to still keep believing and that'll bring them through in faith and prayer belief grows through the word of God John 20 30 Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book Mate, I'd like to see the videotape of all the miracles he did that aren't recorded. We've only got a small snippet of three and a half years and every day would have been action-packed with Jesus. When we get to heaven, we're going to see the whole videotape of the whole journey. That'll keep us occupied for a little while when we get to heaven. I think that's going to be awesome. It says, But these are written, the ones that are written, that you may believe... 
that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. So the Bible, the stories in the Bible are written so that we'll believe that Jesus is who He says He is and that all the truth He brings is reality. And then in the Amplified it says, verse 31, But these have been written so that you may believe with a deep abiding trust that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the Son of God, and that by believing and trusting and relying on Him you may have life in His name. Oh, I just love seeing the freedom that comes on people's souls when they encounter Jesus' love. I look out here and I see some of you that in the last 12 months have got to know Jesus and I just see the freedom. Just give us a wave if, if a year ago you weren't following Jesus like you are now. Just give us a wave. Look at that. How, oh, how awesome is that? Let's give him a big hand. Hey, how awesome is that? <laughs> Woo! And just for, for those people, just think how much your life's changed. Wow. Just how much you've changed. And we watch and celebrate with you. And how awesome for the next year, the hundreds that are going to come and be transformed. Because I'm just crazy enough to believe that Jesus said this gospel is going into all the world and that he will strive with everyone to come to Christ. We know everyone has to choose to believe, but let's, let's believe every week that we'll see transformed lives for his kingdom and his glory. And I just think it's so beautiful. Maybe you're here tonight and you haven't not started this journey yet, but God's calling you. He loves you. Two more things and we'll wrap it up. How else do you, does your belief grow? Number, number five is it grows through other people's stories and testimonies. It grows through the Word of God, but it grows through people's stories. John 4.39, Jesus met the woman at the well. She went back, running back, tells people, says, Jesus, this man, he told me all about my life. And remember, she had a really messed up, broken life. She had five husbands. The guy she's living with now wasn't her husband. And Jesus told her all this, and she went back and said, he told me all my life. But she, but she had hope, not condemnation. Wow. And it says in... Verse 1, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony or story. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. And you've got to realize these were Samaritans who the gospel initially came for the Jews, but they connected in and Jesus reached out and let it spill over. There's no group in this town or community that is too bad for the gospel to reach. Okay? Those neighbors from hell that live down the street, just keep loving and praying for them because they're, they're, their lives are so broken, but they're ready for the gospel. Let, let's see more and more transformed lives. And lastly... Your belief grows through prayer. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Wow. Believe. Believe. As long as we pray out of desperation, Help, Lord! That's okay. God hears the cry. But then start praying with believing and saying, Lord, you've said, I believe, I believe you can heal my body. I believe you can turn our business around. Lord, I believe that what you prophesied over me will come to pass. What you've said over our church and our city will come to pass.
So tonight, be a believer, not a doubter or an unbeliever. If Jesus is in the right place in your heart and thinking, everything else will come into right place. 1 John 5.10 says, The one who believes in the Son of God, who adheres to, trusts in and relies confidently on Him as Saviour, has the testimony within himself because he can speak authoritatively about Christ from his own experience. The one who does not believe God in this way has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed in the evidence that God has given regarding his son. And the testimony is this, God has given us eternal life, we already possess it, and the life is in his son, resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with him. He who has the Son, by accepting Him as Lord and Saviour, has this life that is eternal. He who does not have the Son of God, by personal faith, does not have the life. Wow, wow. So wherever you are in your journey, Jesus wants you to believe in Him. What promises has He given you? Let's keep believing. Don't settle for less. And last verse, I love this one. John 7, 38. Jesus said, who believes in me, who adheres to, trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being for flow continually rivers of living water. And this is what he was speaking about, the Holy Spirit. I believe some people here tonight, before we finish in these next few minutes, we're going to make room for the Holy Spirit just to touch our hearts. Let's stand in his presence right now as the worship team comes. Let's take a moment without being too negative on yourself, saying, Lord, if I, am I a believer? Some of us are really good at believing for certain areas. We're great at believing for finance or health, but we really struggle with believing for peace in our minds because we've got a weakness or an anxiety issue or we've got a, a generational weakness over our lives and we think, well, that's just the best it's going to get because that's what's been in our generations. But Jesus is the creator of all things, so he's well able to shift and change those things. You don't have to stay there. I just feel God stirring faith tonight and belief that, hey, God, you can continue to change because you can grow in your faith. You don't have to stay where you are. And there's some people here tonight, maybe you've never really started. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 